Good morning. Welcome to the Market in Minutes podcast. My name is Patrick Lathan, and today is Wednesday, June 1st, 2022. All right. So let's get started by taking a look back at performance from yesterday. The NASDAQ finished down at 0.41%. The S&P 500 finished down at 0.63%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average finished down at 0.67%. And lastly, the Russell 2000 ended the day down 1.26%. In terms of sector performance, the best performing sectors yesterday were consumer discretionary and communication services. Consumer discretionary finished up 0.76%, followed by communication services, which ended the day up 0.41%. The worst performing sectors yesterday were energy and materials. Energy finished down 1.65%, followed by materials, which ended the day down 1.6%. The market finished mostly lower on Tuesday to close out a turbulent and volatile month of May as investors continue to fret over inflation and slowing economic growth. But before we get into all the excitement in the market yesterday, the morning started with the release of some key economic data. So the conference board's Consumer Confidence Index dipped to 106.4 in May from 108.6 in April. Now, just to put that into perspective, a year ago, the index stood at 120. Now, the key takeaway from this report is that inflation continues to be top of mind for consumers, which could obviously pose downside risks for the economy as a whole if inflationary pressures persist and restrain consumers' discretionary spending activity further. Elsewhere, the S&P Case-Shiller Home Price Index was up 21.2% year-over-year in March, following an upwardly revised 20.3 reading in February. In addition, the FHFA Housing Price Index increased 1.5% month-over-month in March, following a 1.9% increase in February. The key takeaway from these releases is obviously home prices continue to rise across the country, and they are rising despite the increase in mortgage rates, which is bad news for anyone looking to purchase a house. So not a terribly significant day in terms of economic data, but all of the releases yesterday point to inflation and rising costs still being evident in the economy as a whole. And while the releases were important in terms of current economic outlook, neither likely had a large impact on performance yesterday. But speaking of performance, the market started the day yesterday on a down note, unable to continue the rally seen at the end of last week. At their lows of the morning, the Dow, NASDAQ, and S&P 500 were all down over 1.3%. Now, the early morning drop was likely the result of some news from Europe, that the leaders of the EU had agreed to a ban on 90% of Russia's crude oil imports by the end of the year. This, of course, immediately led to a surge in oil prices, with the price of oil reaching as high as $120 a barrel mid-morning. This, in turn, also reignited some of the concerns that have plagued the market recently, which we've discussed in-depth on prior shows, such as concerns over economic growth and rising prices. To make matters worse, It seemed that some investors started the day with the notion of locking in gains from last week, so we saw a lot of selling interest right at the open. However, the market did show some resiliency throughout the day, which itself served as a catalyst for investors to pump the brakes on the selling and even buy the dip a little. This notion was further helped out by a decline in oil prices following the surge in the morning. 
So despite the weak day of overall performance, the market actually showed some positive signs. For instance, we saw good pliability to overall selling interest. Investors were given the perfect opportunity to panic with the EU oil news, something that myself and I'm sure many other investors thought would cause the market to decline even further, as news like that has caused throughout the majority of the year. But that didn't happen. Rather, we saw investors use yesterday's dip as a buying opportunity, with the mega cap growth and technology names being the major beneficiaries. And it was the strength in those names that lifted overall index performance and aided in the market recovering some of the earlier losses. As a result, it's no surprise that the consumer discretionary and communication services sectors were the top performers. However, ultimately, the upside momentum in the mega cap names was not strong enough to boost the market into positive territory. In addition, investors had to compete with rising yields in the treasury market, which further inhibited a comeback. The benchmark 10-year treasury yield ended the day up 10 basis points at around 2.84%, while the two-year treasury yield climbed 8 basis points to 2.54%. So in conclusion, it was a fairly uneventful day with a lack of market-moving corporate headlines. And despite a bit of a comeback, it seemed that investors were more focused on some key economic numbers coming out later this week, including the ISM manufacturing number for May and the May employment numbers on Friday. Investors were also awaiting updates on the meeting between the president and Fed Chair Jerome Powell, but more on that in headlines. But it'll be interesting to see how the market reacts today. Hopefully, we can start the new month on a positive note, but as always, time will tell. Regardless of what happens, though, I'll be sure to keep you updated. Moving on to headlines, Russian television anchor Olga Skabieva of the Russian propaganda channel Roycia One claimed on camera that the special military operation in Ukraine is now over and that World War III is now beginning. So on Monday, she further explained her comments by arguing that the West's provisions of arms to Ukraine meant that the special operation had spilled over into a global conflict. And now, Russia would be forced to demilitarize both Ukraine and NATO. And the threats continued on Roycia 1 throughout the day on Monday, when the Russian politician Alexei Zaharovlev claimed that two of Russia's Sarmat Satan II missiles could destroy the entirety of America's East Coast, before adding it would take just two missiles for the West Coast as well, saying, quote, four missiles and there'll be nothing left, and that the mushroom cloud would, quote, be visible from Mexico. So some scary rhetoric coming out of Russia over Memorial Day. In other news stories, President Joe Biden met with Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell yesterday as surging inflation continues to eat away at both Americans' wallets and the president's public approval. The meeting on Tuesday was the first since Powell was renominated to chair the Fed by Biden in November and two weeks after the Senate confirmed him for a second term. It also marks a turnaround on Biden's part. As in April 2021, the president stated that he was extremely scrupulous about not engaging with the independent Fed regarding inflation because he did not want to be perceived as telling them what they should and should not do. The White House said the president and Powell discussed the state of the U.S. and global economies and their shared goal to move the U.S. from its robust rebound in high inflation to low inflation and steady growth. And it's a timely meeting because, as we are all aware, inflation continues to be a problem for the economy and prices are skyrocketing everywhere. And perhaps nowhere is inflation more apparent than at the gas pumps. According to an article in the Wall Street Journal yesterday, as of Sunday, California drivers are paying an average of $6.14 a gallon when they stop at the pumps, according to AAA. 
This is an all-time high for the state and similar to the higher prices we have seen around the country. Now, if inflation is hitting you hard, perhaps you are thinking of finding a side hustle. If so, I found the perfect one for you. According to multiple news outlets over the weekend, a FOIA, Freedom of Information Act, has revealed that the top lifeguards in the state of California are making over $500,000 a year. So top lifeguards in the state have a base pay of $150,000 to $240,000. And with benefits, overtime, and other pay, the top lifeguards are pulling in a half a million dollars a year. Must be nice. And lastly, speaking of inflation, the price of corn has increased so much that some movie theaters are being forced to make the decision to stop selling popcorn. So according to the Wall Street Journal, the corn producers that provide the popping corn to cinemas, a group of about 280 farms throughout the country, have reported difficulty finding workers and are facing rising production costs, which have forced them to raise the price of popping corn. The price increases have gotten so bad that some movie theaters are making the tough decision not to sell it. What a shame. And we'll end today, as we always do, by taking a look back at some famous historic events from June 1st of the past. Starting today in 1792, when Kentucky officially became the 15th state in the United States. Four years later, in 1796, Tennessee officially became the 16th state in the United States. Now, I was just there this past weekend for my friend Brian's bachelor party, and I can safely report that it is still standing, despite Brian, Justin, Andy, Dan, and my best attempts to take over Nashville. Fast forward to 1831, the British explorer James Clark Ross discovered the North Magnetic Pole, which is the location where the Earth's magnetic field points directly downwards and is in the vicinity of the geographic North Pole. On June 1st, 1945, the cleanup of the city of Berlin started following World War II. In 1974, the Heimlich Maneuver is published by Henry Heimlich as the premier way to stop choking. Six years later, in 1980, CNN, also known as Cable News Network, debuted. In 1998, the European Central Bank was founded in Brussels to, quote, define and execute the European Union's monetary policy. And lastly, in 2009, motor vehicle manufacturer General Motors filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. So with that, I hope everyone has a great day. I am Patrick Laffin, and this is the Marketing Minutes Podcast. Content of this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not a recommendation of any specific investment product, strategy, or decision. It is not intended to suggest taking or refraining from any course of action. It is not intended to address the needs, circumstances, or investment objectives of any specific investor.